This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. You are God's most precious creation. By His very nature, it's God's heart to want to give you everything you could possibly desire. His greatest gift to us is, of course, salvation. But salvation is free, and you could have done nothing to earn it, except to simply ask for it. But what about all the other wonderful promises of God? Once saved, once joining a church, and once being trained to serve in the kingdom, does God expect anything special of us in return for all those other amazing promises? Yes, God does have a plan, and surprisingly, it's not all about just doing good works. Taken from a much calmer pre-COVID-19 message, over the next three broadcasts of his series entitled, God Expects Your Very Best, Pastor Ray explains why simply introducing others to his son Jesus is what God considers his children's very best. I'm here to help your life change. I'm here to help you to live the way Jesus Christ wants you to live. I'm here to help you to understand and know the Word of God and answer the call of God that's on every man's life to make impact in their world, in their sphere of influence, because that's what changes the world. We change the world one life at a time, because it's not about building buildings. It's not about, you know, prettying up the place or putting in more spectacular equipment. Praise God for that. We need it because it helps us to do the ministry. But that's not our main focus and our main goal. Our main focus and our main goal is to win the lost for Jesus Christ. To preach the gospel. To preach the gospel. That's what it's about. It's about preaching the word of God and getting men and women saved and coming into the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and the impact that that will have in and on their lives. And that is the focus. Now we use all these things and they're important. They are, they have their place, but this cannot be our focus. So, so I want to get through some of the unimportant things so that we can put our focus on the more important things and to seek God in ways that we can reach more people and touch more lives. And that's what this is about. Together we can do uh, awesome things as this, as this church continues to grow and God continues to bring people together. We can impact this whole northeastern section of America in such a profound and such a big and strong way. I've got it on my heart. I'm not going to be happy until we tear up this community. I'm not going to be happy until we tear up the northeast. Come on and let, let this northeastern section of America know that God is alive. He's a living God. He's an all-powerful God. He's a God that blesses. He's a God that helps. He's a God that heals bodies. He's a God that brings broken relationships back together. He's the God. He's the all-eternal, awesome, mighty God. And that's what it's about. That's what we're here to do. But if we're not careful, we're going to be inoculated by the devil with this sleeping potion. This potion like, well, I just go to church and get blessed and go home and just live my life and do what I always did. Don't bother me. Uh, don't get, you know, I, I, what can I do? There's nothing I can do. First, I believe that we need to live it to prove it to the world. Our lives become the living testimony 
of who God is, by the way we love, by the way we forgive, by the way we treat each other. Let me say that again because I don't think you all heard that. The way we treat each other. The way we treat the people in the world who may be unlike us and different from us. The way we, the way we, we treat them. This is, the, this is the number one way that we're going to preach the gospel and show it by the life that we live. But the second way is that we're going to speak to people. We're going to tell people. We're going to share with people. We're going to pray for them. You see, I don't know. To me, I don't know. The greatest joy in my life, it still is, is when I get a chance to grab hands with somebody and pray with them and watch God work in their life. The greatest joy in my life is when, when I get an opportunity to minister to somebody, minister the life-changing Word of God and share the Word of God in a way that will affect their lives forever. Yeah. I don't know about you, but the greatest joy in my life is just coming to church, not seeking what I can get from God, not even seeking, you know, I need a good word so I can get through the week. No, you need a good word so that you can go out and change your world. That's what you need. You need to change your world. And if we're not careful, what happens is all about me. It's all about, you know, we've turned church into a little bless me club. And it's no longer about reaching out with a heart of compassion to the world that's around us. This is my heartbeat. I do what I do. I, I, from the very beginning, when I began in the ministry and I started in the ministry, my total absolute goal has always been to be a blessing to somebody else. I've never been in this for what I could get out of it. I've always been in it for what I could do for somebody else. That's the way I live my life. I'm a blessed man because of it. And let me tell you what, let me tell you what. There have been people along the way that disappointed me. I didn't get what I was expecting or what I thought I should have gotten or people didn't pay attention to me the way I thought I needed their attention or wanted their attention. People didn't always treat me the way I thought I should have been treated. People didn't recognize me sometimes for the work that I did and, and there was even sometimes when people took credit for things that I was responsible for. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But you know, I just didn't let it sour me and my purpose no matter what. They're going to be people going to screw you up along the way. They're going to be people that are going to mess you up along the way. They're going to be people that are not going to love you along the way. They're going to be people that are going to abuse you along the way. But the bottom line to it is my responsibility, what, what turns me on and what makes me tick is when I can help somebody and share the gospel and help someone through and, and be a blessing to someone's life. That's what it's about. That's what church is about. It's not just coming and having a seminar where you get a good word and be, oh, that was really good. Maybe me feel really good and walk out the door. And I'm wondering, like I said before, I wonder how many, and I criticize, this is simply an observation. It's simply an observation. How many, how many of those sermons that I've heard along the way from other preachers, and they're selling books by the thousands, some of them by the millions, but it's all self-help. It's how God wants to improve you, and God's going to bless you, and God's, notice, notice that the focus is no longer on him and others, but it's on me. Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. Listen. Open, open your spiritual eyes. It's all about God's going to, you, me, I, and nobody else. What are, we, what are we raising up? A bunch of selfish babies that just want God for what they can get out of him and don't see the responsibility that we have that once we have received from God, now it's our turn to go out into the world and freely give back and to help others. See, 
So, so you know, and I, listen, I realize there are people sitting here today saying, well, Pastor, you don't know the problems I have in my life. You don't know I'm confused. I'm mixed up. I'm hurting. I've just lost a loved one. I've lost my job. I have no money. I can't pay my rent. I, you know, I want to hear a message that, that really helps me. And, and you know what? I understand that. And I have compassion for you. I really do. And that's why I seek as a pastor to make sure that my messages are all balanced and I don't preach all this way or all that way. I try very hard as a man of God, and I hope you see it. That I try to come from every direction because I want to preach the entire gospel. I don't want to leave any part out. You know? So I understand that. I do. I understand that. But let me tell you what. One of the things that I learned so long ago is that when you take your focus off of yourself, even when you're going through difficult times in your life, and even more especially when you're going through difficult times in your life, and you begin to focus on, the li- on other people's situations. And you begin to see how you can bless somebody else. Even if you don't feel like you... I can't tell you the times that I... Man, I was, I was in bad shape. Just emotionally. I had all kinds of stuff going on many, many times in my life. And I didn't feel like I had a thing to give. And I wanted to be selfish. And I wanted to stay home. And I just wanted to cry in my own, you know, my own milk. And I wanted to just sit and suck my thumb and watch TV and vegetate. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But I forced myself. I forced myself to get up and to be responsible to my duties. To be responsible to my call. To do what God's called me to do. And I'm going to tell you what. You know the secret? And it's not even a secret at all. When you push beyond that stuff and you just give and you just seek to help even when you're going through it. And more so when you're going through a bad time. I'm going to tell you what. The blessing of God comes into your life. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. And all his, all his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You become, a, you become like a magnet, like a spiritual magnet. When you start to focus in on the kingdom and you say, well, I lost my job. Well, instead of crying about it, you know what you ought to do? You ought to roll up your sleeves. I have more time now to spend at the church. Amen. Oh, thank you for those weak amens. I got more time. I can go roll up my sleeves. I can go help with the ministry. I'm going to sell my time. I've got time, so I'm not just going to waste my time. I'm not going to sit around and cry about long. I'm going to go, I'm going to go help the church, help somebody. Am I preaching right or, or, or what? I'm going to help somebody. All right, I lost my job. All right, I don't have any money, but that's okay. I've got something else. I've got two hands, two feet, two eyes, and a mouth. I've got two ears. They all work real well. So I think I'll just go help somebody with my physical being. I'll go, come on, you understand what I'm saying? So uh, let me give you this scripture. Can we just go through a couple of scriptures? This year we're going to really thrust, and part of what we're focused in on is winning the lost and, and evangelizing and going out into the world. But, but you know, I'm not going to come up with some evangelism program. I hate programs. I, I'm going to fill you with the Word of God and encourage you to go out into the world, and I'm believing that you're going to go out and you're going to bring the lost in. You're going to invite people to church. Novel idea. I heard, a pre- I heard a preacher one time preach a phenomenal message. Said, the power of an invitation. How an invitation to a, to a service could be life-changing for that particular person. Their life would never again be the same because you invited them to sit in a service where they got answers to their problems, got a touch from God, got ministry from the hand of God. Can I get a better amen than that? We're in Titus. So you got to go after Timothy to get to Titus. All right. So Titus... Um, chapter 2, and we want to go, let's start at verse 
um, 11, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. My gosh, look at the work we've got to do. Hallelujah. I don't have time to, to waste here. I, I should be living soberly, righteously, godly in this present age. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now listen to verse 14. Who gave himself for us, that he, now he gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself. Wow. See, God is doing something in you for him. And, and what he's doing in you for him is that he's changing your life with the hope that you're in turn going to change somebody else's life. And share what God has done in your life with somebody else. He might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special. See, you're special. Turn to somebody and say, you're special. You don't feel special, but you are special. See, you got to know the word of God. Turn to somebody else and say, you're special too. His own special people. You're special to God. You're special. Now listen to the next, to the next few words. Zealous for good works. I said zealous, not, not just, you know, zealous is a very powerful word. I mean, zealousness or the word zealous, I don't have a dictionary definition, but I'll just tell you Pastor Ray definition. If I'm wrong, correct me later. When I hear the word zealous, I hear the word passion. I hear the word compassion. I hear boldness. I hear courage. I hear zeal and enthusiasm. Zealous, excitement. This is what I hear. That I got to come down here. Not enough of you are clapping. (laughs) Pastor, preach me a good word. I just came to church. I'm so broken and heavy and having all kinds of things. And I don't want to hear about anything that I have to do. I've got enough to do on my own. I don't want to hear about this. Don't, can't you preach a good word? Can't you preach like so-and-so on TV? So-and-so on TV ain't a pastor. There you go. I'm a pastor, and I'm happy about being a pastor. That's the difference. So-and-so on TV is more of a TV personality than they are a pastor. And in order to bring money in, they have to preach a certain way, because you preach like this, nobody's going to pay for it. Because nobody wants to hear about what they have to do. They want to hear about what they can get. Now, I'm not preaching. I tell you, this is not condemning. They're doing a work, and it's an important work. And I agree with it. But what I'm saying is that this spirit... It's got to be counterbalanced because it cannot get on the church. It cannot get on the local church. It can't get on the people in the church because then we become lazy. We become slothful. We, we sit back and all we want is to hear a good word so I can just fight my battles for the week and not be concerned about the world that is around us. And and if we're going to fulfill what God wants us to do in this coming year, we're going to have to get our focus and our thinking back on not so much what God can do for me and to me and in me, but what God can do through me to somebody else. Now, Now, you may be a new believer and you're just plugging in, 
But let me tell you what, this is as much for you as it is for anybody else. Don't say, well, I'm all new to this thing. I don't, I don't totally understand. Just sit there for a while and listen. You'll gain understanding. You know, you know what the problem, let me give you a natural, can I give you a natural analogy? When you eat sugar, you become addicted to sugar and you crave sugar. That's all you... Yet sugar is one of the biggest poisons that you can put into your body. Many of you don't know that. Sugar is in everything. Read your labels. Sugar is, the, it feeds cancer. It causes diabetes. It has a, an effect on your emotions. Sugar is one of the biggest poisons that you can put into your body. But it has this effect. When you eat sugar, you want more sugar. Now listen. I, I was, I'm pretty good about this. I read labels. I watch everything. I'm very careful about what I do uh, with my diet, what I put in my body. Now, I was on vacation, but when I'm on vacation, I vacate. <laughs> and I eat everything in sight. And I enjoy everything. I eat the fried stuff. I eat the chocolate stuff, the sugar stuff. I eat everything. Everything. Just pile it on, baby, because this is coming to an end in a few days. And it won't, it won't be coming around again for a while. So come on, get in there and do it. Enjoy it, because you're going back. You're going back to, you know, showing some restraint. But you see, my point is, is that when, now listen, I come back from vacation eating all that sugar. Now that's all I want is sugar. I see myself, now I don't keep it in my house. I have a couple of little treats that I keep for the kids, but I'm going into the kids' snacks. <laughs> this is not right. <laughs> but you see what I'm trying to say is that that sugar, which is bad for you, has this effect. Yes. It, gives you, once you, it gives you a craving for more. Right. And you push away, you know, I, I'm seeing that I'm pushing away the broccoli. <laughs> broccoli? <laughs> Now I want some cookies, never mind broccoli. I want some chocolate, never mind broccoli. Sweet potatoes, no, man, that's not kind of sweet I'm looking for. I'm looking for sugar. Sugar, honey, I want sugar. See, you see what happens is that when, when you feed somebody all the sweets, they taste good, man, they go down, and they go down real, real easy. I'm thinking right now as I'm preaching of a, a chocolate dessert that I had, that we had, man, it went down easy. I mean, I was dreaming about that thing. I, I want to go back to that restaurant tomorrow because I'm getting that chocolate thing again. But you see, my point is, is that when you, you take in the sugar, you crave more sugar. And in a sense, this is what's happening. All we're giving is people, giving people the, the, the dessert. And that's what people come looking for, the dessert. But when you serve them up a plate of broccoli, they say, broccoli? I don't want any broccoli. Very good. Sweet potato, I don't want any sweet, Brussels sprouts? What, are you crazy? Cabbage? I'm not eating that. Salad? I want the dessert. I like the dessert. Tastes good, feels good, smells good, goes down real easy. I gotta choke down broccoli. Are you getting my drift? Yes. Yep. So what happens, you see, you come to church and you get some broccoli. You've been eating sweets all week. Now you come to church on Sunday morning and get some broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, salad, salmon. Ugh. Where's the dessert? Where's the dessert in this house? How come I turn on TV and I, oh man, it goes down easy. I come to church, but I got I to gotta struggle to listen. 
I want to fall asleep. My mind is just drifting away. I'm, I'm watching the preacher. And... Your wife is nudging you. Why? The devil don't want you to get any broccoli. See, because sugar feeds cancer, broccoli fights cancer. Brussels sprouts and, and salad and, and, and the stuff that we don't necessarily like to eat. I mean, uh, if I have my way, I'd bypass all of that and go right to the sweets. Amen. Thank you for your honesty, Holly. <laughs> but you see, that's, that's what's happening in the, in the body of Christ, though. That's what's happening is that we're getting so many sweets now that it sounds good. It's, that's why it's all, it's all dessert. Now when somebody tries to feed me some real food, I'm like, I had, a, I had a person say to me one time, they said to me, I had, we had shown a video here of, of um, I forget who it was, but anyway, this is going back many, many years ago, and, and they really enjoyed what they had seen because the, the, the preacher was funny and made you laugh, and it was a good message, and it was funny, and it was very, you know, I can't say it was life-changing, but it was funny, and it made you laugh, and the whole thing. So, dear person, this is many, many years ago, I don't think the person's here anymore, but the person came up to me and said, um, Pastor, I just want to know... Should, we're new in the church says, can you, can you direct me to a church that, that preaches like that man? I was like, what did you say? <laughs> Slowly I turned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> I said, well, well that's, the kind of, that's the kind of preaching I want. See, all they wanted was the dessert. They don't want to hear, they don't want the broccoli. They don't want the Brussels sprouts. They want, they want the sweets. And this, this is the problem. This is, what, this is the thing that's got me most concerned. Is that, you know, people are getting fed good food and they don't even realize it. Because they're trying to get to the dessert. See, that's why I'm a pastor and my, my, my job is to feed you a balanced meal. It's to give you everything. You can have some dessert. We're going to eat dessert. But we can't live on dessert. The fact of the matter is you've been called by God to be zealous for good works. Amen. Not just zealous for what God can do for you. Right. You're to be zealous to go out and do something for somebody else. Is everybody with me? Amen. Now, let's see. Let's see. Where do we go from here, Lord Jesus? Your good works. This is just the point I want to make. Your good works must be done in the name of Jesus Christ. It's not, please mis, don't misunderstand me. See, like we do, we do this um, coat drive every year. But let, let, me just, let me just paint this scenario. What good would it be for me to supply somebody with a coat that's going to wear out, moths are going to eat it, going to go out of style, going to fall apart eventually? What good is it me to give you a coat and not give you the message of Jesus Christ and teach you how to live by faith so that you can believe God for your own coat instead of having to depend on me to give you a coat. Amen. Do you understand? Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. 
If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you simply want to sow a gift into the work of the MTC radio ministry, go to livingwordchurch.org and and click on the Give Online Radio Ministry tab. Or send your check to MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Pastor Ray invites you to visit Living Word Church in person or via their weekly live stream broadcast Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. This is Pastor Ray Hegistilianos. It's always a privilege to share the life-saving, life-changing Word of God with you, our listeners. And today, as always, I trust that these messages are impacting your life in a very positive way. Remember that as life's challenges come, we are more than conquerors. This has been More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray Hegistilianos and is provided by Living Word Christian Church, White Plains, New York.